chapter 2, moving on to verses 17 through 20. We have just seen that God is going to judge all men, and Paul has given us the principles that these judgments will be based on. He has stated that God will judge according to truth, according to deeds, and according to the light a person has. Now, beginning here with verse 17, Paul places his focus on God's judgment on the religious people the Jews in particular, because theirs was a God-given religion. Paul's presentation takes the form of a dialogue at this point. He knew how a self-righteous Jew thought, for he had been one himself. He cites one advantage after another that Jews considered to be unqualified assets. But these assets became liabilities when there was no correspondence between profession and practice. Paul is going to take these principles of God's judgment that he had put down in verses 1 through 16 and apply them now to the Jews. Now, here are verses 17 through 20, and Paul writes as follows. You Jews think all is well between yourselves and God because he gave his laws to you. You brag that you are his special friends. Yes, you know what he wants. You know right from wrong and favor the right because you have been taught his laws from earliest youth. You are so sure of the way to God that you could point it out to a blind man. You think of yourselves as beacon lights directing men who are lost in darkness to God. You think that you can guide the simple and teach even children the affairs of God for you really know his laws, which are full of knowledge and truth. i 
points out that the Jews did have many advantages over the Gentiles. But the fact that God gave his laws to the Jews was not a crutch for them to lean on. Instead, it caused them to become proud and self-sufficient. Light creates an added responsibility, which brings greater condemnation. Now here with our study is Pastor Henry Harder. Forgiveness is a great word in any language. Everyone needs to be forgiven. Paul makes it clear that no one is righteous before God unless he has the righteousness of Christ. The pagans who were outwardly ungodly and who had a perverted religion certainly needed forgiveness and the righteousness of Christ. That was the group Paul wrote about in chapter 1 of this letter to the Romans. The next group which Paul discusses at the beginning of chapter 2 is the moralist, Gentile or Jew, who could not identify with the godless pagan of chapter 1. He wasn't outwardly pagan, but he was inwardly pagan. He was a hypocrite. He had a pretend religion. He put on a show. He was an actor. He needed forgiveness and the righteousness of Christ, too. Now Paul comes to the third group in chapter 2, verse 17. This is the Jew who knows the law of God. He is ritually right, but his religion does nothing for him. It doesn't change him. His is a powerless religion. He too needs forgiveness and the righteousness of Christ. While Paul specifically addresses the Jew, actually he could just as well have addressed these words to the Baptist or the Roman Catholic or Presbyterian or Pentecostal. I focus today on chapter 2, 17 to 24. If Paul had written today, he might have addressed some of these current groups. The Jew to whom Paul wrote was instructed in the Scriptures. He believed them. They were his guide. He boasted that God was on his side. He had a divinely revealed religion. But there was no transformation of life. He was no better, really, than the pagan or the moralist, Gentile or Jew. The profession of religion, though divinely revealed, is not enough. There must be a transformation of life of the one who professes it. Christendom is full of people who profess a divinely revealed religion, whose religion is right, but whose life isn't right. Such a person is the hardest to reach with the gospel. There is nobody too bad for Jesus to save, but there are millions who imagine themselves too good. It is with this group that Paul is now concerned. These are the religiously orthodox. Paul examines religious orthodoxy in these verses 17 to 24. The New Testament is full of religiously orthodox people who stood guilty before God. Matthew 23 is a good example. Those Pharisees whom Matthew writes about were religiously accurate and they were zealous. They built fences around the laws so that they would not be broken. Yet Jesus calls them hypocrites seven times. He calls them a generation of snakes. Few people were more orthodox than Saul of Tarsus. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees in the strictest sense. He had a divinely revealed religion, but he was an enemy of Christ. His religion had not given him the righteousness of Christ. So Paul addresses these Jews whose religion was right, but whose life was all wrong. Paul makes two points. 
Number one, they had access to the truth. That's verses 17 to 20. And number two, they were accountable to the truth. That's verses 21 to 24. Now, the Jew had access to the truth. The Jew did have an advantage. He was a Hebrew or a Jew by birth. That was the nation God had chosen as a vehicle of revelation. God wanted to use that nation to spread the gospel. The Jew was raised in the synagogue. He had the Sabbaths and the sacrifices. He had the Bible which spelled out God's will. Because of his access to the truth, the Jew looked with contemptuous pride upon the Gentile. It's a tremendous privilege to have been born into a Christian home and to have been instructed in the Bible. Most fortunate are such children. I am eternally grateful for the fact that I was born into a Christian family. My father and mother were believers in Christ and were devoted to him and served him faithfully. My father died when I was eight, so I don't remember much about him, but my mother lived until I was 44. I remember a great deal about her. She couldn't speak English very well. In fact, her English was very poor, but whenever we met a stranger, she would witness to him. It used to embarrass me as a young boy. If ever she didn't witness, she would tell me later, I should have told that person about Christ. I should have told him. I was privileged to have distinctively Christian parents. I had access to the truth about God and Christ, and I had it demonstrated to me daily. But I still needed personally to make a commitment of my life to Christ. A personal relationship to him was not guaranteed just because I had access to the truth. With the privilege of having the truth goes awesome responsibility. And that's Paul's second point here. The Jew was accountable to the truth. Hallelujah, 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 hallel
to the Most High King. is a radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Chapter California, 93263, USA.